0: Today on the Matt Wall Show, Democrat politicians and hundreds of others uh, gathered yesterday to mourn Dante Wright, the violent criminal shot by police last week. During the funeral service, he was literally elevated to the status of a guardian angel. We'll talk about the whole grotesque display today. Also, five headlines, including a new angle on the uh, uh, Micaiah Bryant shooting that absolutely confirms that it was justified shooting. Something we already knew from the body cam, but this reinforces it. And a mother speaks out about masking policies at a school board meeting. It was a real truth to power moment, and uh, it's worth listening to. We'll play that. Also, environmental activists pollute in the name of saving the planet, and AOC says that racism is causing climate change. We'll get into all that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. Well, there was no golden casket This time, but it was a scene otherwise reminiscent of George Floyd's funeral and summary canonization last year. Yesterday, Dante Wright, who was shot by police after resisting arrest, was uh, laid to rest in Minneapolis. Hundreds of mourners came from all over the nation. Prominent politicians, public figures, other luminaries gathered to pay their respects. The funeral was nationally televised on uh, multiple uh, uh, cable news channels. The governor of Minnesota, who also attended, issued a proclamation calling for a statewide moment of silence in memory of the great Dante Wright, Saint Dante Wright, the blessed Dante Wright. The statement from uh, Governor Tim Walz said, quote, Dante Wright was beloved by his family, neighbors and community and had his entire young life ahead of him. We mourn the loss of Dante Wright. And as a state, we offer our deepest condolences to the Wright family. We know that this tragedy is connected to the deep systemic racism in our society that black people in Minnesota and across the country face every single day. While nothing can bring Dante Wright back to his loved ones, we must continue to work to enact real, meaningful change at the local, state, and national levels to fight systemic racism so that every person in Minnesota, black, indigenous, brown, or white, can be safe and thrive. We must be steadfast in our accountability for, for, to change from the top to the bottom and not rest until we create a different future for Dante Wright's son, and every other child like him. That was the governor of Minnesota. Moment of silence across the whole state for Dante Wright. I, I uh, assume that people die in Minnesota probably every day. Almost none of them get the statewide moment, moment of silence. Dante Wright did. Now, of course, as we know, Wright's death had nothing to do with racism whatsoever, it, it, it didn't even have a plausible theoretical connection to racism. Whatever else you might say about the manner of his demise, you cannot say that he was killed for his race. Well, you can say that if you're a shameless, exploitative, opportunistic lying hack like Governor Tim Walls. And speaking of shameless, exploitative, opportunistic lying hacks, Al Sharpton was unsurprisingly in attendance. Sharpton has, in recent years, found his calling in delivering eulogies for violent criminals he didn't know and no one knew until they died on camera during an arrest. The challenge for Sharpton and most of the other people who spoke at the service is that, you know, usually in a eulogy, you pay tribute to the many wonderful traits and good deeds of the deceased. Now, Dante Wright didn't have many of those, frankly, it seems. So instead, Sharpton gave a rather lazy stump speech about racism where he employed a metaphor that was both absurd and dishonest. Let's listen.
1: The generation before me, they boycotted in Montgomery against the segregation laws in Alabama. And they boycotted the bus company. 1955, they started December 1st. And for a solid year, they wouldn't ride the bus. They said it was better to walk in dignity than to ride in shame. And they broke the backs of Alabama's segregation. But Dr. King and Dr. Havanagh and Rosa Parks said, we can't stop there. We gotta have federal law. And they went their way, then some young students, the young from that day, they became freedom riders and others did other things. And it took nine years, and they got the Civil Rights Act federally. They made it against federal law, Congresswoman Omar, to discriminate. Well, we've gone from all of these abuses, from Oscar Grant and Amadou Diallo and others, all the way to Philando Castillo right here in Minneapolis area. we struggled through all of that, but we are going to now, in his name, in the name of Dante, we're going to pass the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act as federal law.
0: Now, you could tell that he wrote that in about 12 minutes, um, in about 12 minutes, and probably about 12 minutes before the funeral. You can also tell that he's a soulless phony. The air freshener reference comes from the claim that Dante Wright was pulled over and arrested because he had air fresheners in his car. Actually, you know, as we talked about last week, the, the original claim was that he was shot for having air fresheners. And that's something that, that that's something that thousands of people believed and repeated. They didn't see any problem with that at all. That that didn't make them stop and go, "Hmm, Wait, what, hold on a second. But like nearly every claim made by activists after nearly every high profile police shooting, it was completely bogus. Wright was pulled over for a traffic violation and then arrested because he had a warrant stemming from a violent crime that he'd committed a few months prior. But that's just the truth. And what's a little thing like truth to a guy like Sharpton? Or a woman like Ilhan Omar, who got on stage to offer her own tribute to St. Dante and to Sharpton himself, And here's what that sounded like, if you can stomach it.
2: Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Thank you, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, for being here uh, and for that beautiful eulogy. Most of us in this room, including myself, look at you as a guardian and are blessed to be in your presence. And may Dante Wright serve as a guardian for all of us. But as a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, as one of the youngest and newest members of the Congressional Black Caucus, I also have guardians. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee and our Chairwoman Joyce Beatty serve as guardians for me and many of my colleagues. Joyce Beatty was going to be here and speak on our behalf as the chairwoman of our caucus. But just like we've been visited by tragedy here in Minnesota often, she in Columbus, Ohio, was visited by a tragedy of a young woman whose life was taken by Columbus police.
0: Okay. First of all, she really needs to choose better guardians. Al Sharpton, Sheila Jackson Lee, those are your guardians? It's like if, if if you're at the beach and the lifeguards are like piranhas or something. But Dante Wright will be a guardian for all of us. So I stand corrected. He's no mere saint. Uh, he, he is an angel. He's a guardian angel. Ilhan Omar has given him a promotion already. Well, far be it for me to pick and choose. But uh, I I would like to request a different guardian if I could. I'd really prefer a guardian who's less likely to rob me at gunpoint. Guardians, in fact, are su- su- supposed to protect you from guys like Dante Wright. They're not supposed to be guys like Dante Wright, unless this is a keep your enemies close kind of guardianship strategy. I don't know. Now, I could tell you one woman who certainly would not want Wright assigned to her as a guardian angel. Um, that would be the woman who called the police one morning not long ago to report that Wright had pointed a gun at her, choked her, and stuffed his hand down her bra to steal her rent money. That's the crime he was charged with in 2019 when, according to the victim, He came to her house for a party, stayed the night. The next morning, after her roommate gave her money for rent, he pulled a gun out, put his hand around her throat, and demanded all the cash. She started screaming. Eventually, he left without any money. He was arrested, released on bail, violated the terms of his bail by possessing a firearm without a permit, then failed to show up for his court appearance, and finally was apprehended during the traffic stop when he resisted arrest and attempted to flee with a woman in the car. This is our guardian angel, says Ilhan Omar. This is the man who was given a statewide moment of silence. This is the man who, with a nationally televised funeral. A man who, if he contributed anything at all to his community, seems to have contributed mostly crime, violence, and misery. Perhaps he had some good qualities too. But on balance, it would seem that this was, let's say, not a very good person. After all, choking and robbing a woman at gunpoint is not a minor mistake. It's not a youthful indiscretion. It reveals a total lack of empathy, an utter absence of concern or compassion for your fellow man. Does all that necessarily mean that um, you don't deserve the massive nationally televised funeral attended by famous politicians and accompanied by a statewide moment of silence? Well, yeah, it does mean that. This is not a small matter. You can discover everything you need to know about a culture based on who it chooses to honor. Cultures that honor great men Not perfect men, but great men who achieved great things, lived their lives with dignity and courage, helped to change the world in positive ways. Those cultures are vibrant and healthy. That's the kind of culture you want to live in. But a culture that honors men who achieved nothing of significance, men of no dignity and no honor, men who are known only because of the way they died, Men whose last act on earth was to resist arrest, thereby refusing to accept the just and fair consequences of their own evil deeds. Those cultures are decaying husks, and we are very much in the latter category. One other thing to think about here. Um, another effect of, of eulogizing Wright in this way is that you wind up dehumanizing him. You know, the, the over-the-top honoring of Wright or Floyd. Or whoever else, means that they're not really honored at all. You can't honor a man's life by pretending that it was something other than what it was. Whoever was eulogized at the funeral of Dante Wright, it certainly wasn't Dante Wright, was a caricature, a mascot, a logo, a prop. The, the Democrat Party, the left BLM, they came in, took Wright's name, and turned him into whatever they needed him to be. Ironically, by turning right into a saint and an angel, you erase him. He is replaced by the poster boy that activists and scummy politicians like Ilhan Omar invent for their own purpose. And those purposes, as we have seen, are quite sinister. Now let's get to our five headlines. Now, a quick word from X Chair, which is the chair that I'm currently sitting in, and uh, it's that you know that's an easy decision to make to, to sit in this chair every day, um, because X Chair has you covered for your office chair needs, uh, whether you need it at the office or at home, or you have two X chairs, because listen, you spend a lot of time probably sitting down, especially depending on what you do for a living. Um, and that's why it's important to, to think about what kind of chair you have, just like you spend a lot of time sleeping. And so we all, work, you know, we all know the importance of having a good mattress. Well, the same thing, th- same thing goes for chairs. The secret is not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar uh, support, which offers unbelievable lumbar support to your lower back, but now thanks to their new XHMT technology, you can get also get the, uh, the heat and massage in the chair. You get that, that, all that therapy, and that's uh, built in to the chair, so you can have that while you're sitting at the desk instead of your old uncomfortable office chair. Now you can look forward to spending hours sitting in the ultimate therapeutic massager. The XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to your core, helping increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy. All the perks that make working from home or the office a joy. X-Chair is on sale now. For $100 off, go to xchairwalsh.com now. That's the letter X, chairwalsh.com, or call 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as thirty bucks a month. Go to xchairwalsh.com now and use code XWheels for free X Wheel blade casters. xchairwalsh.com. All right, good to be back in uh, back in Nashville. I was in uh, Austin last night speaking at UT Austin, um, and uh, I thought that went went, went very well. Then um, happy poker Poco- poker Poco- dot Poco- Friday, by the way. But I I will say on, on the the plane I, I made the mistake on the uh, plane ride home of coughing, just one time. And it was only because I was drinking something and it went down the wrong pipe, you know? And so I, I coughed. Maybe it was like two coughs in succession, kind of healthy coughs, you know, and and that's it. And of course, everyone looks at me. Like, they try to be subtle about it, but it's just like, you, you, you just feel the stairs, even if it's peripheral. It's sort of this record scratch moment from the movies where the music stops where everyone looks. I would like to live in a world again. This is my dream. This is my utopian dream. I want to live in a world again where you can cough or sneeze in public and people won't look at you like you're the guy in the zombie movie who comes home with a bite mark on his arm. That's the world I want to live in. Where you don't feel the need to explain. Like anytime you cough, you have to explain to people I don't know. This is it's just I was just drinking something. That's all it was. You're safe. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever live in that world again. Um, especially when you've got people like in, like in Austin, you know, I, I, I walked when I was in Austin, I walked, uh, maybe two blocks to go to the, the pharmacy down the street. And most of the people I saw were wearing masks, you know, outside, which is not a surprise for Austin wearing masks, outside. I, and uh, you know, I, I got in trouble because I tweeted yesterday that uh, I think. Now, I'm not recommending this. I'm only saying that I think it would be acceptable. If you were to respond to someone wearing a mask outside by pointing and laughing at them, you know, gawk, point, laugh. I think that would be an acceptable response because wearing a mask outside is psychotic behavior. It really is. It's not scientifically justified at all. That is um, behavior that should be ostracized, stigmatized, which we'll talk more about stigmas in the Daily Cancellation. Um, all right. So we'll start with this. A new angle on the uh, Micaiah Bryant shooting in Columbus, Ohio. This is from, I believe, a security camera footage from a neighbor. And now look, the the original footage that we saw, Micaiah Bryant, again, you know, we know this case, 16-year-old six, Columbus, Ohio. She, she was... Um, Police were called because someone was with had a knife and was trying to stab people. And then they show up and Mekhi Bryant has a large knife and what do you know is trying to stab people. So the body cam footage is enough right there to vindicate the officer. Not only get him off the hook on any criminal charges, but actually to reveal him to be a hero. He, he acted heroically in that moment to save somebody's life from a person who was trying to stab them to death. So we already have enough, but I think this other angle from the security camera footage it's revealing because of what you can hear Micaiah Bryant say. We'll play this. Um, it, it's it's gonna be a little difficult. because we have, to, we have to bleep it out, so you're not really gonna be able to hear it. But uh, it's worth anyway to play. So let's let's play that. Um yeah, really hard to hear especially there with with the bleeps. But she says still clear enough, she says I'm going to stab the f out of you. B word. That's what she says. And uh so she she announces her intention to commit uh you know, to to uh, commit attempted murder basically and then carries out what she just threatened could not be more clear. She actually says, I'm going to stab you with a knife and then tries to stab. Not, not one person, two people. She goes for one woman who's not to the ground. And then a guy comes in behind her and and tries to stomp on that woman's face. And then she goes for the second woman, pins her against the car, has the knife out and is about to plunge it into that, into that person. um, when the cop, when the cop fired, this again is it it, it it sells it short to say that this was a justified shooting. I think in a, in, a, in a healthy, insane world, we'd be pinning a medal on that cop for his heroism. All right, we'll have a little bit more about the, the shooting later on in Five Headlines. Um, next, I want to play this. Here's a good video. This is a mom in Georgia. Her name is Courtney Ann Taylor at a Gwinnett County Board of Education meeting. And she's—you know, they, they're sending kids to school in Georgia, full school days, um, you know, in, in, in Gwinnett County. But the kids have to wear masks the entire day. So you're talking six or seven hours a day that these kids are in masks. Well, Courtney Ann Taylor's had enough of it. And if you want to know what truth to power sounds like, it sounds like this. Let's watch.
3: Every month I come here and I hear the same thing. Social emotional health. If you truly mean that, you would end the mask requirement tonight. Tonight. This is not March 2020 anymore. We have three vaccines. Every adult in the state of Georgia that wants that vaccine is eligible to get it right now. And every one of us knows that young children are not affected by this virus. They're not. And that's a blessing. But as the adults, what have we done with that blessing? We've shoved it to the side, and we've said, we don't care. You're still going to wear a mask on your face every day, five- and six-year-olds. You still can't play together on the playground like normal children, seven- and eight-year-olds. We don't care. We're still going to force you to carry a burden that was never yours to carry. Shame on us. And I know what I'm going to be met with. But Ms. Taylor, the CDC, we did not vote for people at the CDC. We did elect leaders who do create policy. We elected the five of you. We chose you to make difficult decisions for our children. We chose you to make decisions that would be in our children's best interest and forcing five, six, seven, eight, and nine-year-old little children to cover their noses and their mouths where they breathe for seven hours a day, every day for the last nine months for a virus that you know doesn't affect them. That is not in their best interest. It has to stop. Take these off of our children.
0: Amazing. I mean, th- that really, I-, I love that video. It's hard to say I love it given this what the circumstances and, and how justifiably upset and outraged the, uh, that mother is, but that is, as I said, that's truth Truth to power. You know, it's, that's standing up. And she's exactly right. A couple things she said there really resonate. Um, one is... My six-year-old can't come up here and say this, you know, and they can't. The kids can't advocate for themselves. The teachers, they advocate for themselves. They have The teachers' union only cares about the interests of the teacher; doesn't care at all about 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 the students. So they can get what they want. Um, yeah, all, all all the adults can have their special interest groups and all these kinds of things, and we can and we can complain publicly. We can go online. We can all do all this. We can go to these meetings. But the kids can't. So what they need um, are adults who are willing to advocate for them, and that's unfortunately that's a that's a, a problem. You know, that's like too much to ask in our society today to have adults that will advocate for children. Because a lot of adults in this country who don't really care about kids, and we kill a million of them a year in the womb. So what does that tell you? We don't recognize them as, as people. So legally, we don't recognize them as people, but at least when they're in the womb. They're in the earliest stages of life. So, and that's what this, and that's why I've been talking about it myself. What she says there, this is not their burden to carry. I think that right there, that's it. Not their burden to carry. Whatever else you want to say about all the other COVID measures as they pertain to adults, that should have been our stance from day one. You know, the fact that, and we we knew this almost immediately, this is one of the facts about COVID that we knew from the beginning and has remained true. There are a lot of facts that we thought were facts and turned out not to be. There are other things we didn't know that we found out later, but, but one thing we always knew almost from the beginning is that this doesn't really affect kids. They're not at a high risk to be in, infected by it. They're not at a a high risk to spread it. Doesn't mean it's impossible, but they're not a high risk category. They're low risk. And that is such an um, incredible blessing because it doesn't have to be that way. A virus can do whatever a virus is going to do. This could have gone the opposite. This could have been a a virus that that especially affected kids. Imagine that. Imagine if it was 500,000 dead children from this. But that's not the way it was, and so that's a that's a wonderful thing. So what we could have said is, look, as adults, and as we get especially older adults, we got to be more careful. These are these are burdens we have to carry. Things we're going to have to do, um, but the kids can, can continue living their lives. And the other thing we should have said as adults is that, yeah, you know what? If the kids continue living their lives and they go to school and they go to the playground and they don't have to wear a mask, um, there's a little bit of an elevated risk that. They'll carry the virus home to an adult and one of us will get sick. But you know what we should have said? So be it. That's okay. I'm, I'm willing to take that risk for the sake of the kids. I would rather not only risk getting COVID, I would rather get COVID. I would rather willingly get it and be infected by it. If it means that my child can live a normal life. If it's a choice between taking my child's childhood away for a year and counting you know, doing that or protecting myself from the virus. You know, I'll I'll take the virus in that in that in that trade. That should have been the attitude. It should have been everyone's attitude, but it wasn't. And that's a, it is a it is a disgrace and a shame that I think we'll have to. Um, I think we're, we're, our generation of adults we're going to carry this with us into the history books. You know, when 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 people look back on this on this absurdity. Putting kids in masks, putting caution tape around playgrounds, shutting down the schools for a virus that doesn't even really affect these kids, kicking them off of planes, kicking two year olds off of planes for not wearing masks. People in the future are going to look back on that and say, what a bunch of cowardly, disgusting, ridiculous so and so's. And they'll be right. In many cases, not in the case of that woman and a few others. All right. Next thing, we've got uh, LeBron James is facing mounting backlash, as they say, for doxing the hero cop who uh, stopped Micaiah Bryant from stabbing someone to death. And it's gotten so bad. It's so bad for LeBron James that even OJ Simpson now is giving LeBron James ethical lectures. Even OJ Simpson... Is a a voice of reason here for LeBron. Here's what OJ had to say about all this.
4: Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Tough morning listening to all the criticism that LeBron uh, James is getting. Uh, I'm a fan of LeBron. I admire the work that he's done, how he's helped his community and how he's helped his friends uh, and how he's been fighting all of these social issues, especially that of systemic racism in the legal system and with the police departments around our country. But you can't fight every battle, you know, you can't uh, you got to pick your battles. I mean, it's a war that must be fought, but sometimes you need to take your time and be a little more patient before you comment on some of these um, uh, bad incidences that are happening with police departments. Uh, This one uh, LeBron should have waited. I'm a little upset with most of the media because they showed us edited versions of what took place with the girl with the knife. They made it sound as if this was another police officer uh, overreacting and killing a young black American. Well, from what I saw when I saw the whole tape, the police um, guy had no
0: choice. He responded. Sure, the police guy didn't have a choice. And, you know, I mean, in fairness, O.J. Simpson is, uh, you know, an expert. In um, killing people with knives, so he's kind of he's kind of a stabbing expert. He, maybe he could maybe be maybe cable news channel could bring him on as the the stabbing consultant for any any stabbing related news. And even this guy uh, is is has a better take on this than LeBron James. What does that tell you? Of course, uh, as of right now. LeBron's corporate backers haven't said anything. The NBA hasn't said anything about this. His sponsors, Nike, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, None of them have have addressed this at all. When when you've got the most high-profile athlete in the world putting the face of a police officer up there and saying, you're next. And his only crime stopping a a black woman from being stabbed to death. All right, let's see. This is from uh, Mediate Reports that the U.S. Senate just passed the COVID-19 hate crimes bill in a bipartisan vote of 94 to 1. The one outlier in the vote to pass a bill designed to limit the sharp increase in hate crime towards uh, Asian and Pacific Island Americans was Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, whose vote against an anti-Asian or anti-hate crimes bill may one day be viewed as the most Hallean act ever. I don't know why I'm reading the Mediate report on this one. Anyway, um, they've got, what I really wanted to get to was the specifics of what this bill is supposed to do. Okay. Josh Hawley was the one guy who voted against it and he did explain it. And he said that, um, this was his statement from the office of Senator Hawley. He said, it's too broad as a former prosecutor. My view is it's dangerous to simply give the federal government open-ended authority to define a whole new class of federal hate crime incidents. That's a a really reasonable point of view. Um, it's The troubling thing for me is not that... I am troubled that he was the only guy to say that, but it's because he's the only one. Every other Republican should have joined him in that view. So CNN reports on what this bill would do. Um, the bill would direct the Departments of Justice and Health and Human Services to issue guidance raising awareness of hate crimes during the pandemic and to work with agencies to establish online reporting of them. It directs departments to issue guidance to raise awareness. Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said Thursday that the bill is proof that the Senate can work to solve important issues and would tell bigots we're going after you. What issue have you solved? It's not proof of anything. No, it's proof that you can exploit tragedies. For political gain. That's what it proves. We already knew that, Chuck. Not a surprise to me. What, what have you solved? In what way does any of this prevent a single hate crime against an Asian person? Can you explain that? Uh, we've solved it now. Hey, don't worry. You know, an Asian woman is stomped outside of a hotel a couple weeks ago. And so Chuck Schumer is saying, hey, don't worry. We've issued guidance to raise awareness. You're welcome. Accomplishes nothing whatsoever. It is a one big virtue signal from everybody in the Senate, all Republicans included. Wish I could say I was surprised by that, but I'm not. Josh Hawley the only guy saying, come on, this is, you guys know what you're doing. This is pointless. We, it is already illegal to commit hate crimes against Asian people, as it should be. It's already illegal on multiple levels. If you assault an Asian person because they're Asian, it's illegal because it's assault. It's illegal because it's a hate crime. So it's illegal on two levels, and and you're, you're you've got federal and um, and local authorities coming after you for that. Why do we need another bill on top of that? What, reinforcing the fact that it's illegal? Now it goes from illegal to super illegal? No, it's not going to do anything. It doesn't accomplish anything. But again, it's, um, it's, it is just the, the, the naked exploitation of, of tragedy by, by the Senate. And that's how you know. See, Chuck Schumer says, well, see, everyone agrees. That's how you know this is a good. No, it's when everyone agrees, that's how you know it's a really bad bill. If they can all agree. All right, I want to play this for you. Uh, going back to the Micaiah Bryant shooting, so there, there have been, of course, a lot of really, really bad takes on this. And um, both Juan Williams at Fox News and Joy Reid, we'll go to Joy Reid first. Uh, they, they had, they had similar takes on what the cops should have done instead, because when you watch the video and and you see how fast this all unfolded, and this woman was this this girl was wielding a knife. And you could say all you want. It's very sad that, that the girl ended up dead. It is sad. It's always sad when someone dies. But if you're going to blame the cop, you better be able to explain what he could have done differently. And uh, some some people in media have tried. They've given it a shot to explain what he could have done differently. And uh, so give, give him credit for trying. But I think their answers leave something to be desired. So here's Joy Reid on what the cops should have done instead of shooting Micaiah Bryant.
2: I mean, it seems to me in a situation, this is what it looked like to me. And I've looked at the tape and I still can't figure it out. Um, Shoot the gun in the air as a warning, tase a person, shoot them in the leg, shoot them in the behind, you know, stop them somehow. But if the only solution is to kill the, a teenager? There's something wrong with this. There's something very, very wrong.
0: Um, okay, that's, by the way, that's Joy Behar. I knew it was someone named Joy with uh, a room temperature IQ. Um, Getting confused sometimes. So, the, yeah, she says, well, yeah, I don't know, I would just uh, shoot the gun in the air. That, that'll stop. You know, just randomly shoot the gun in a different direction. Away from the person trying to stab someone. Juan Williams had basically the same take. Let's listen to what he has to say. What does Juan Williams
2: officer Juan Williams do to save the lady's life in Pink?
5: Well, I guess I would shoot the gun not necessarily at somebody, but maybe shoot the gun and maybe, you know, run at the person and try to disarm them. Like, I don't know. I mean
2: So wait, wait,
0: wait. You would shoot the gun life, in the air like a warning shot?
5: Not, well, hopefully to distract or to try to stall or something so I could get, or my partner could get the the knife away, I see is what I was. saying. Well, I don't know. I mean, taking someone's life is pretty strong. I don't either. I I don't either, Jesse. I mean, Jesse, policing is tough work, Um, but all I'm saying is, you know, I think... I think that that woman with a knife is a danger to society certainly a danger to the other person. And we want her to stop and be disarmed. I just I just also think that killing a human is pretty radical. I don't think that's a good thing. But what I see overall here, you know, you asked me what I see. I see people now using this Ohio case, which is messy, as you and I just discussed, to somehow really try to change the subject, you know, from what happened in Minnesota with the Chauvin, uh, guilty verdict.
0: Okay, Juan, so just shut up then. You, you, you don't know, well, I I don't know what he should do. It's just not something different, I don't know. He, he should make it so that the thing that's happening isn't happening anymore. What's, and he should do it without killing anyone. Why is that so hard? Okay, well give us a, sp- a specific plan and tell us how it would work. Well, I don't have a plan, I don't know. Not that, something other than that. Uh, great analysis. You see why he need Juan Williams on to deliver that kind of analysis. Killing someone is pretty radical, pretty extreme. Oh, really, Juan? Yeah, well, I didn't realize that. No, well, thanks for thanks for clearing that up. I thought cops were supposed to just go out and, and just kill everybody. Doesn't matter, you know, just walk down the street randomly kill people. They could be criminals. You know, that's what I thought they were supposed to do. But now you're you're explaining that it's a oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extreme step. Yeah, it is an extreme step. You're in an extreme situation where a woman, a a girl is trying to stab someone to death right in front of you. That's an extreme situation. It's a radical situation, I I would say. Trying to stab someone to death in front of a police officer, that's a radical step. And that's going to be met with a radical response. Shoot a warning shot? This, This... like we I talked about yesterday I tried to explain in detail this is not we don't live in the movies cops don't do that you don't you, you, no one should do that a lot of reasons number 1 what goes up must come down it's called gravity so you shoot the gun in some other direction it's it it you don't know what it's going to end up hitting i can tell you this when you shoot it off in the air the gun the, the bullet doesn't evaporate just because you can't see it anymore doesn't mean it evaporated. It's still out there somewhere, and it might hit something. Um, also, why? She's got the uh, the woman pinned. She has the the kitchen knife. She's she's you know she's uh, winding up. All she has to do is bring her arm forward. You shoot a gun in another direction. Why would that stop her? Distract her. That's your goal. That's what you think you're going to do. Distract them. Okay, well, how about, you know, how about this? Let's have cops, um, every cop, forget about social workers, every cop should have with them on their team, a clown. And so anytime there's a violent crime in process, you have the clown run out and start and start doing hijinks and the hijinks will distract the criminal and they'll look over and say, well, what's that? What's that clown over there? And then they'll get tackled and, uh, and you know, it, with this plan, nobody will ever be killed by the cops again. Worst case scenario, you give the clown a gun too. And, you know, at least then the clown is doing the killing. I mean, all you could do is joke about it because this is it, this is so... Words escape me to describe this kind of thing. And the real answer here is that, you know, these people... They know. They know that if they were in that situation, they'd probably do the exact same damn thing. But that's not going to stop them from f- from throwing this police officer under the bus. All right, let's uh, move on to reading the comments. I had okay. I had one other thing I wanted to play. I got to play this just because it was it was Earth Day yesterday. In fact, I feel bad that it was Earth Day yesterday and I never acknowledged it. Um, I never, I, I, I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't realize. So I, I apologize ahead of time. I apologize to mother earth, to Gaia for forgetting her birthday, but it was earth day. And the only thing I want to play, I got a, a few clips. I'm going to play all of them, but there were these climate change activists, the environmental activists, extinction rebellion, and they were out, um, all, you know, they were, this was in the UK and and the United States. They were in DC. In DC, they they had wheelbarrows full of cow manure. And they marched up in front of, uh, I think it was the White House, and they dumped all their cow manure. So po- they're polluting in an effort to save the, here's here's the eclipse here. Okay. So that's cow manure. They're dumping their cow manure. So polluting and littering in the name of helping the environment. Real heroes here. And you know what's going to happen? Some low-wage sanitation worker, could be a racial minority, is going to have to come in and clean all that crap up. Literally clean that, clean that crap up. So well done. So these privileged white people come in and dump cow manure all over the place, meaning that a low-wage worker is going to have to come and clean it. And then, oh yeah, this is the one I wanted to play. So let's play this. Here's Here they are. I think this was somewhere. It might have been in London. And Extinction Rebellion, they're smashing windows. But they're doing it in the most pathetic and girliest way I've ever seen. Like, they, they've got sledgehammers, but they don't have the strength. They don't have the strength to simply smash the window with the sledgehammer. So they're doing it in this, in this very surgical kind of slow way. And they never, they never successfully smashed it. They couldn't, they couldn't even smash the window. Man, these environmental activists, they're not sending their best. Look, if you're going to do that, send someone with some upper body strength. But of course, what am I talking about? It's their environmental activists. They don't have anyone with upper body strength. Even the guys couldn't even do one pull-up. It's its a shame. It really is. But um, so they, they did damage the glass. And so that means that we're going to have to make more glass and put it in. And that's going to help the environment. In some way that escapes me. Now I want to thank our sponsors, Mac Weldon. Um, listen, you guys know that I know something about fashion, hence the polka dot shirt. Actually, don't this polka dot shirt is not Mac Weldon. Don't blame them for that. And you might say, I don't know a lot about fashion, which is why I need help. And that's uh, and that's one of the that's where Mack Weldon comes in for me anyway. You should always bring the comfort and style of Mac Weldon along with you. Whether it's their hoodies, polos, tees, or active shorts, everything in the Mack Weldon collection mixes and matches seamlessly to fit in with any other product. You have socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, active shorts, Mack Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit. Uh, for working out, going out, going to work or on a date, whatever you're doing, Mack Weldon has something for you. It's all about everyday life. They've got something for whatever whatever you're doing with your time, there's a a, a Mack Weldon product that will fit perfectly in more ways than one. Um, And the Weldon Blue, uh, something you should look into. It's a totally free loyalty program. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level two by spending 200 bucks, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Mack Weldon wants you to be comfortable, uh, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them, and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. You don't have to return the underwear. Okay, don't do that. That's gross. For 20% off your first order, visit MackWeldon.com slash Walsh and enter promo code Walsh. That's MackWeldon.com slash Walsh. Promo code Walsh for 20% off. Mack Weldon, reinventing men's basics. Okay, let's, let's move into reading the YouTube comments. This is from... Um, a S says odd how, speaking of Makayla Bryan, odd how her mom didn't even look that upset while talking about her daughter who just died. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I think I can remember back to Sandy hook, um, when the terrible shooting, you know, uh, many children were, were shot in a mass shooting at a school. And after that, there were some of the parents who were, you know, you know, it might have been that day, but in the days after some parents were talking to the media and I remember them being criticized because they didn't look sad enough about it. And that criticism really annoyed me because, you know, first of all, you, you can't judge someone's grief based on their facial expression. People process things differently. Um, they communicate it differently. And when you're going through something so devastating as to lose a child. There, there's there's just no way to if you've never been through it yourself, you really can't make any judgments about parents who and, and how they process it. That being said, um the, going out in front of cameras within moments, right, and really lying about your loved one. That I don't think can be justified. And that is hard for me to understand. It's hard for me to understand how that would be part of the grieving process. Now, listen, if I had a a kid who got themselves shot by the cops because they were in the process of trying to stab someone to death, uh, I would, I'm not going to go out in front of the the cameras and throw my kid under the bus and say he was a terrible person. As as a parent, I'm not going to say that. But I think I can say that what I would do is, I, I wouldn't say anything. I just, I wouldn't be in front of the cameras. And if I did end up in front of a camera, I, I wouldn't claim that my child was an angel. So it's not so much the, the look on the face or anything, but it's, it's like in these situations, it's what the families sometimes say. And so often in these police shootings, the family comes out first and they have a narrative and it turns out to be totally, completely wrong. All right. Um, another comment says, responsible parents would have given her the talk about how you only stab people when the police aren't standing right there. Well, yeah, it's it. it You know, we heard that Micaiah Bryan. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who called the cops. And another part of the, the initial narrative was that she had called the cops. Uh, that seems unlikely to me because whoever called said that oh, this person has a knife and she was the one with the knife. But if she did, that makes it like even worse that you you call the cops and then they show up and they're here now. And then you start trying to stab someone. Um, Hannah says, I've decided to go on a media fast starting Saturday. I will miss you most, Matt. Well, then, you know what? You can't quit. You're fired. You're banned from the show. Media. Look, you can go on a fast from all of the media. I think it's a great thing to do. But don't don't lump me in. I'm not like them. Uh, but no, seriously, that's probably a good thing. First for your psychological health, no one else is allowed to do it. Okay. You're the, you're the exception, but uh, probably, you know, it's probably a good idea. Clint Williams says, Hey Matt, how did you cut your finger wh- whittling an arrow out of a tree branch? Well, um, yeah, I did mention that in passing yesterday. I, so I was, I was, uh, you know, I was watching my kids and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was <laughs> of course I'm watching my kids. I'm, I'm the father, but uh, my wife wasn't there is the point. And, uh, and if she was, she probably would have put a stop to this because I was with my kids and, and they were saying oh daddy can you make uh, arrows out of, out of tree branches and um, I've never done that before so I said sure you know let me go grab a knife and I and I gave it a shot and I was kind of whittling and the the knife came right down into my finger it's huge gaping hole I was bleeding all over the place and as I'm it's, blood's gushing out and I'm trying like I'm trying to contain the blood I want to get it on the floor and I'm looking around and I'm texting my wife, trying to be subtle about it, saying like, hey, hey, where's, where are the Band-Aids by any chance? And she told me, I said, what about gauze? What about disinfectant? Don't worry, I just, I'm just wondering. I'm trying to do an inventory. But anyway, as I'm looking around for everything to bandage my, uh, my finger that I almost cut off, uh, that's when my son starts asking me if he can have a snack. So, you could tell how concerned he was. It was a smart move, though, because of course I said, yeah, take whatever snack you want. Okay, I'm trying not to bleed to death here. Now there's a few things worse in your daily life than uh, getting a bout of nausea. Uh, and maybe let's say you're hungover. S- some of you heathens out there may have experienced that in your life. Uh, or getting car sick. I was just uh, you know, when traveling, I was just in a car and I didn't have my relief band on me. I forgot it at home. And so I suffered in dignified silence like a man. But I wish I had it. Uh, that's why you need relief band. It's the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraine, hangover, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free. It's non-drowsy, um, which puts it, you know, far and away above a lot of the other anti-nausea medication out th- medications out there. And this is not a medication at all. This is drug-free provides all natural relief with zero side effects for as long as you need. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses and you've got to try this yourself. Uh, This new year, ensure that nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's big moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Matt Walsh listeners. If you go to reliefband.com, and use promo code Walsh, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to reliefban com and use promo code Walsh for 20% off. Well, you know, it's um, time to jump in the ring and catch the latest episode of Candace tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on dailywire.com. Uh, Candace is fired up about the events of the week. She's got a lot to say, as always. But to get the full uncensored version of awards, you have to become a Daily Wire member. So join in um, join in time to catch tonight's live stream and get 25% off a new membership with code CANDIS at dailywire.com slash subscribe. That's not all. Candace is joined by another ultimate fighter, guest Dana White, the president of the UFC. Subscribe now and stream Candice tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, rather, I should say 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. I'm still figuring out the time zone thing only on Daily Wire, and get 25% off a new membership with code Candace. Again, that's dailywire.com slash subscribe. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Today for our daily cancellation, we turn again, sad to say, to Slate. Uh, the article tweeted out by the website yesterday has this headline, how Gen Z is using P to destigmatize sex online. Now, I'm not going to subject you to Many of the details. All I will say is that according to Slate, there's a subculture on TikTok wherein people with urine fetishes post videos celebrating that fetish. That's what they say. Slate is happy that this is destigmatizing freaks who get sexual pleasure out of other people's human waste. And more broadly, they say it's destigmatizing discussions and depictions of sex online. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to play any of the pee videos. That would require me to search for them and watch them myself. And there are some TikTok bridges too far for even me to cross. Besides, I think we all get the idea, right? We probably don't need to see it. What I want to talk about, though, is not urine aphelia or whatever we're supposed to call it. Instead, I want to discuss more broadly the concept of stigma. Okay, you'll notice that the left is constantly fighting to end the stigmas around various proclivities, fetishes, perversions, and so forth. They look out and see a world where too many things are stigmatized. Now, I look out and see precisely the opposite because stigmas, in fact, are good things and we should have more of them in fact we should add another we should stigmatize destigmatization now the first problem with the left's rush to destigmatize is that many of the stigmas they seek to destroy don't actually exist anymore and haven't for quite some time i mean destigmatize sex online are you are you serious that may have been at least a comprehensible objective in 1994 when people were logging on to AOL 1.0 on their dial-up modems But in 2021, sex is the primary focus of the internet. It seems rather impossible to make sex on the internet less stigmatized than it is. It's like trying to de-stigmatize, I don't know, Big Macs at McDonald's. Sex on the internet is not stigmatized, but it should be. Not because sex is bad. The point isn't that sex itself should be stigmatized, but sex as public spectacle should be. Sex where both partners or all 10 partners or however many are commodities, products to be used by each other and the viewer. Sex without love, without dignity. That's what should be stigmatized. See, there are basically, as far as I can tell, two categories of stigma that the left seeks to tear down or to keep torn down. One is where they want an objectively bad thing to be accepted and celebrated. This is where they try to tear down the stigmas around, you know, open relationships, for example, which is another way of saying they want to destigmatize adultery. Or they want to get rid of the stigma of abortion, hoping to build a utopian society where women can have their child children executed without judgment or shame. Again, it's arguable whether there really is any stigma surrounding those things anymore, but but there should be. Another version of the st- destigmatizing campaign is when a thing that is not a moral evil but is a private matter is pushed into the public square. Sex, again, sex, big example here. Um, every personal thing really is an example. These days, people tend to share every aspect of themselves with the whole world, putting the good, the bad, and the ugly on display. Little remains private. In fact, there's almost no such thing as a private life anymore. For a lot of people, there's no, this is what the internet has done. There's no private life, there's no interior mental life everything you do is broadcast on the internet everything you think is is filtered through the internet everything is shared and if you ever suggest that someone should keep some of the more intimate details of themselves to themselves you'll be accused of stigmatizing the uh, the destigmatizing efforts around mental illness are also kind of interesting you know mental illness is bad in the sense that it's something a person suffers from but it's not a moral evil Obviously, a person with mental illness can't be blamed for it. In one sense, it seems a worthy goal to break down the stigmas surrounding the, you know that sort of affliction. But the drive to destigmatize becomes always and inevitably a push to celebrate, and romanticize, and proliferate. Now we're told that twenty percent of the country is mentally ill, and the number is rising, which is absurd, of course. Um, if mental illness is that common, then how can you even call it an illness? But it's become trendy and normalized, and this is the result. The overall goal, the stated goal at least, is to break down all traditional stigmas so that we can live as free and unencumbered human beings. You know, the stigma around obesity is another big example. Um, big example, no pun intended. But now that I think about it, it is intended. Once all the stigmas are gone and all of our flaws, foibles, and afflictions are celebrated and normalized, we can be happy and content, You know, living without judgment or shame or insecurity. That's the promise anyway. And yet it hasn't worked out that way. You notice that as the stigmas all come down, happiness and and contentment have not really increased. In fact, people have never been as depressed, anxious, and lost as they are right now. The utopian promises of the left have failed to pan out once again. Because it turns out that, that healthy societies have stigmas in order to guide people towards a healthy and properly ordered life. Stigmas help people understand what's good, what's bad, what's private, what's public. Now, there can be stigmas worth tearing down sometimes, but when you rip them all down at once and invite everyone to indulge themselves in whatever they the way they see fit and where, wherever they see fit, the somewhat ironic result is that people end up paralyzed. Take away all the fences and people can go anywhere they want and they just stand still, don't know where to go, unsure of what to do, where to go, who to be. You you see a similar thing in marriages with the deconstruction of gender roles, kind of a related phenomenon. It was supposed to be freeing to let husband and wife choose their own roles without any preconceived ideas or stigmas at all. But this has led to confusion and to failed marriages. If the husband has no idea about what he's supposed to do or what role he's supposed to fill, and the same for the wife, then they both end up feeling like they do everything while accusing the other of doing nothing. It's not a complementary relationship anymore, but a competitive one. See, roles, responsibilities, stigmas. These are all good things in principle. There can be bad versions of them. There are bad stigmas. We can have ideas about what, what someone's role is, and we can be wrong about that, so it's worth looking at. But when you try to get rid of all those things in principle, as we've discovered, you don't end up with a a bunch of happy and content people. You end up with quite the opposite. And that's why stigmas are not canceled today, but de-stigmatizing, that's what's canceled. And uh, we will leave it there for the week. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Godspeed. the show is edited by Sasha Tolmachov. Our audio is mixed by Mike Koromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of the Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the Republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Klavan Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Klavan Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Klavan.